0: Hello, hello. Hi everyone, it's Erin, and it's another episode of Causes or Cures, coming at you from New York City. It's quiet now, but it may not always be quiet. Uh, (laughs) This is another episode on supplements. As you know, I recently featured a researcher on the previous podcast who talked about contaminants in the microalgal supplements such as spirulina, chlorella those things that are often called superfoods, superfoods. So take a listen to that. This one is on male fertility supplements and supplements for erectile dysfunction. Both of these areas are huge. I mean, so many people need help in these areas. Uh, and, And, you know, Both of these things are tied, if you have problems with fertility or problems with maintaining or getting an erection, those things lead to depression, um, anxiety, relationships can break up, loneliness. I mean, they're big deals. They really are. And I know guys who have tried, who have struggled with it and have tried everything. And what always amazed me, though, was this. The guy who would go to the mini mart at like 2 a.m., And see those supplements on the counter for, you know, this, this is, you know, to help you maintain and get an erection and the guy would just buy it and take it. And I'm like, you just bought something, you know, from a mini mart, um, not tested at all. That that company looks really shady. could be like a 12 year old making these supplements and you're going to take it and just hope for the best. Okay. But they do that. Why do they do that? Because they're desperate and they're looking for solutions and they want something that works. So these two areas are big areas. As you know, I recently wrote a parody called Yours in Wellness Crystal Healing Letters from the Wellness Industry. It's available on Amazon and the audiobook should be available soon. In it, I talk about the sleazy side. Of wellness, the sleazy side of the wellness industry. And there's a lot in there on supplements. And while it's parody, it'll resonate with you. And I hope you guys read it uh, or listen to it, because I think it can start a lot of important conversations that I think we need to have about, you know, I guess, wellness in general, who to trust, who to get advice from, all of those things. All right, my guest that I'm super happy to have on the line, is Dr. Ranjith Ramasame. He's the Director of Male Reproductive Medicine and Surgery at the University of Miami, and he's an Associate Professor in the Department of Urology. He's published over 100 manuscripts in peer-reviewed journals, and recently published two papers on male fertility supplements and erectile dysfunction supplements. So he's going to talk about what he found, and I I pre-recorded this, and I have to tell you, this is a fascinating interview. I really learned a lot, so really listen to it. Listen to the part about marijuana blew my mind, Uh, and I think it's going to blow a lot of people's minds, but um, he's very informative, so take a listen and share this podcast if you know anybody who struggles with these issues because these issues can really come with a lot of, you know, other issues such as depression, anxiety, and that kind of thing. Um, All right, so I'm gonna put Dr. Ramasamy on the line. I just want to make one note. I don't know. I mean, everybody's really busy. I don't know if it was my email or his email. (laughs) But sometimes the email was going off during the podcast. It doesn't interfere with it, but just fair warning, if you hear that sound, somebody was getting emails and it was probably him because he's a very busy doctor and guy. But just so you know, all right, guys, I'm going to put him on the line now. Thank you so much for doing this, by the way.
1: No problem. Happy to help.
0: Yeah. So I'm doing a series on my podcast kind of um, featuring people who have looked into different kinds of supplements for different things. So I guess to start, um, do you mind just saying a quick intro about yourself and what you do?
1: Sure. Um, I am Ranjit Ramasamy. I'm a reproductive urologist at the University of Miami. Um, I treat men with uh, conditions such as erectile dysfunction, Peyronie's disease, and uh, male infertility. So
0: I saw I saw I saw you did I got the other paper that you sent through to me over email. Thank you. Um, it was interesting, but I guess maybe can we start with the first paper on sure. su- supplements for male fertility?
1: Sure, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about in general about uh, supplements for fertility before we get down into the actual study that we performed. So um, a lot of Uh, I'm happy you're doing this because so much of the supplement industry is unfortunately uh, not regulated. And a lot of uh, patients, especially men, try to seek solutions uh, other than actually going to a physician and speaking with a physician. Very different from women, on the other hand, that are very quick to go seek care, uh, to take care of their body, and to try and improve their health by speaking with a physician men absolutely do not want to see a physician. And so um, in the, in, when, when, when couples are faced with infertility, uh, men are often faced with, can I do something to improve my uh, chances of fertility pretty easy on and, and, and therefore resort to buying supplements very quickly. Either they buy it on their own or more often than not, it's the woman that sees the supplements on the shelf uh, of drugstores that proceeds with uh, purchasing the supplements for the male partners. Now, let's get into the actual uh, uh, data behind supplements and and why we think supplements can work. So, the essence of male fertility basically comes down to uh, the function of sperm and how much sperm there are, how well they function, uh, and so on. So, the rationale for why supplements can work with uh, male fertility is because sometimes uh, the sperm is probably the fastest uh, metabolism cell in the whole body. And so they need to generate a lot of energy and and absolutely need to function really well because they need to travel all the way through the female reproductive tract to basically go and, and, and find the egg and fertilize the egg. And so therefore, some of the the rationale for why supplements can work is basically it improves mitochondrial health. It uh, provides energy and tries to basically improve the motility of sperm. Now, the basic functionality is that if men don't have sperm or don't have sufficient sperm, I don't think supplements can actually work. I don't think supplements can improve your sperm count. I don't think supplements can actually uh, go, take your sperm from, from, from zero to, to some number or increase the actual count. But where supplements can work is where if men do have sufficient quantities of sperm to get their females pregnant, they can make the sperm function better. So when men have a lot of sperm, but they're just not moving as fast, that's the only place where supplements can work. And unfortunately, among all of the uh, couples that I see for infertility and all of the sperm parameters that I evaluate in male partners, there is a very small percentage of men that actually fit the criteria for whether uh, whether supplements will work in them or not. Basically, they have somebody that has very good sperm numbers but has a very low motility and those patients, supplements can work very well.
0: In terms of uh, specifically, what ingredients would improve fertility if you fall in that category where you have enough sperm um, and you're looking to improve motility? So, Uh,
1: yeah. so, So the, um, So, several ingredients have been studied. Uh, Unfortunately, none of the ingredients are available by themselves. Uh, When men look for, or female partners look for, fertility supplements, they're often combined with a lot of ingredients together. And what we did was we wanted to see um, how much of data actually exists behind these fertility supplements. We actually took, uh, we did a Google search, and from the most popular online retailers. The most popular online retailers for supplements are either A1 Supplements, Amazon, Walmart, or Vitamin Shop. And in there, we picked the five most common ingredients among all of the supplements that we chose. And we found that the five most commonly used ingredients were vitamin E, folate, zinc, vitamin C, and selenium. And these five ingredients had actually the most evidence behind improving any sort of sperm function, and the supplements that are actually advertised the most, or the ingredients that are advertised the most, like carnitine, vitamin E, uh, vitamin C, CoQ10, and zinc, cannot don't have as much evidence behind them. And so when we when we looked at all of the uh, supplements. Unfortunately, only one-fifth of the ingredients in these supplements actually had any data to, uh, or any evidence that was published behind these supplements to actually work.
0: Did you actually test the supplement to make sure that the ingredient was in it to begin with?
1: We did not do that. So that's interesting no. that you bring that up because we actually wanted to go and, and, and we, we contacted a lab in Arizona to be able to do that. And the amount of money that would be necessary to actually uh, truly test the composition uh, was exorbitant. So uh-huh. no, we did not do that, but we certainly went down the path of trying to, uh, trying to test it. Actually, on that topic, I'll tell you, it was actually less of the supplements that we wanted to test, but we wanted to see what extraneous substances were present in these supplements. Some of these supplements have uh, things like PD-5 inhibitors with Cialis, Viagra, some supplements where testosterone is mixed in it, where it is advertised as, you know, a male fertility boost, male sexual health boost. And we wanted to see how many of these prescription substances normally that needs a physician's prescription are present in these over-the-counter uh, supplements. That was our motive, but uh, the amount of cost that would be needed to do that was exorbitant. And so we didn't go down that path.
0: Yeah, yeah, I... um. It, it, it comes down to funding. Um, it's interesting because I, I had a researcher on um, two days ago who was testing, I think, s- selenium supplements, and some of them didn't even have selenium in them. Um, wow. So, <laughs> But it, it is, I guess in your opinion, it's just, it, it, well, not your opinion, I guess it, um, it is just a completely unregulated business at this point, is or do you think there's any regulation at all?
1: No, there's no regulation at all. And unfortunately, it is a very vulnerable population. You know, it's not... Yeah. This is not not a population of men that are just taking it to live better. It's a population of men dealing with infertility. Uh, It's it's something that they have never been, never experienced before in their lives, something that they didn't make uh, any mistakes to get into, and, and the amount of stress that is associated with infertility, not just with themselves, but with their partners dealing with it as well, um, is excessive. And so men, yeah. men and their partners are just about willing to do anything. And regardless of what the supplement has, how expensive the supplement is, um, sometimes they just, you know, go ahead and take it in hopes that uh, basically a miracle would happen. And, and so therefore, um, they, the, the industry caters to po- these populations of men uh, that are that are willing to go forward with this because of what they deal with.
0: And it's interesting um, that you say that because it, these are really intimate kind of and health issues and you know pe- people it, 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 the fact that there's there's no regulation at all is kind of mind blowing in a way. But I don't I don't know what the future holds. So what, before I move on to your next paper that you wrote which is in the similar area. Um, What is your recommendation for a guy or um, a gal who is thinking about buying her partner, one of these supplements or thinking it might work? What, how would you advise that person?
1: Speak with the doctor, doctor. speak with the doctor. I think the um, we, we, we did the study. We showed the, uh, the supplements that have the most evidence. It's still pretty bad, but it's still the most uh, and, and published it in our papers. But the, the, but the goal is not everybody is going to improve with, the su- with supplements. Um, and there are many other ways to improve a man's sperm count other than supplement. In fact, of all of the things that we have in our armamentarium to improve sperm counts, I'd say supplements have the least amount of evidence uh, to try and show that it's going to improve someone's sperm count. So I usually exhaust all other treatment options, before resorting to supplements. So for men or, and or for their partners who are thinking about fertility and thinking about using supplements, the first thing I would say is get tested. Maybe your partner or the man has a normal sperm count and you don't need to go down the path of using supplements. And number two, uh, d- discuss the results of your sperm analysis with your doctor. See if your husband would be a candidate for supplements. And then see what the ex- uh, expectations are. Are we going to repeat the sperm count in three months, six months? How long do we take the supplements for? Um, What other things can we take along with the supplements? Um, And what expectations should we set in terms of um, uh, improving sperm counts? And if it does improve, that's fantastic. If it doesn't, can we come off of the supplement? I think all of this discussion needs to be had, almost less like a prescription medication, instead of just saying, I'm gonna go to the store, buy the supplement and hope to get pregnant
0: yeah yeah um, a, a lot of people take some su- or take supplements just based off an assumption um, and marketing it comes down to marketing and and there was no I think I, I read this in your other paper that I'm about to get to but there was no randomized controlled trials on any um, one supplement for fertility. Is that correct?
1: That's correct the um, I will tell you a caveat recent randomized trial. Uh, not for the supplement, but just for zinc and folate. Uh, oh. came out, it was sponsored by the NIH, where they looked at pregnancy data. Uh, it was probably the best level of evidence we're going to get. And they basically said that both zinc and folate does not improve pregnancy rates. Really? Yeah. So we have very good evidence to show that these two don't work. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> that's, that's it.
0: Uh, well, that's... that's uh, <laughs> not
1: better than nothing there was at least I'm fairly certain multi-million dollar trial to answer that question.
0: Okay. So that's some evidence that could save a person some money, I guess. Um, Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> um, just, so uh, I know you just had another paper come out that I just read a couple hours ago. Right. Systemic review and evidence-based analysis of ingredients in popular male testosterone and erectile dysfunction supplements. Now, this must be... a I mean, this has got to be a huge market.
1: This, uh-huh. is, this is, I mean, talking of, about vulnerable population, <laughs> this is a huge vulnerable yeah. population, right? I yeah. mean, oh, uh, God. Yeah. men being unable to have kids, yes, yeah. that's a problem and men take it seriously. Women take it way more seriously than men do. Yeah. But men being unable to have sex or inability to have good libido, that's a much bigger problem and much big vulnerable, much bigger vulnerable population uh, because men will do anything to have sex. In, our, in fact, most men uh, will run to a doctor to go discuss their erectile dysfunction before they can go talk to them about their chest pain that they've been experiencing. So this is a big vulnerable population and for them to run to the store and look up supplements and see what's going to improve their sexual health and, and their testosterone health Um, and their libido, I think is very easy. And men will often resort to this a lot sooner. They can discuss with their doctor about their erections and their testosterone levels.
0: Oh, I've seen guys just buy stuff at mini marts at like the 7-Eleven. And I'm (laughs) I'm like, do you think that's going to work? Sorry, someone's email going off there. But um, so you studied these supplements. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what you did, your methods, I guess?
1: Sure. So we went on to actually see um, how many randomized trials uh, were published behind the ingredients in these supplements. Uh, We took a deeper dive into what the supplements had, and we sort of gave negative points to the supplements that had ingredients that have absolutely not been studied at all. Surprisingly, we actually found a lot of randomized trials done on the different Ingredients for both erectile function as well as for improving uh, testosterone levels. And we found that, um, unfortunately, only 20% of ingredients actually had a strong evidence for uh, improving uh, erectile function and or testosterone levels. Um, and in fact, 70% of the ingredients actually showed that they had either negative evidence where things got worse in these guys, or they lacked all evidence that has never been studied at all and the manufacturers just put these ingredients in because it just sounded great or uh, some, somebody told them that it worked. So the rationale for why some ingredients came together with the others, very unclear uh, rationale for un- it's unclear what happens when you start mixing ingredients. Correct? Yeah, I was How just gonna going to
0: ask you that. Like, you, There's no proof that there's going to be a synergistic effect
1: here. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, think a lot, of, a, lot of the, a lot of the goals for using supplements, at least in erectile function, and spermatogenesis, a little bit, is, is basically to decrease oxidative stress and decrease inflammation. But everything is a balance in the body, right? We need antioxidants um, and we need free radicals. Right. And you need to have a perfect balance between the two. And anytime you tilt the balance, there's always a redox, right? You could go become more reductive than oxidative stress and now cause other problems and unintended consequences that men don't realize to get. So um, I think that's that's unfortunate that men don't realize that, you know, that these supplements can have adverse effects. Um, if they don't help, I don't care. But what if it goes the other direction and you now have worsening erectile function or worsening testosterone levels because you're not making enough? And so that's the concern. And nobody's ever studied that because we just don't, like I said, we, we're circling back to the amount of funding that's available to study these supplements. Um, and so... So people haven't studied that, but I think men have to be very careful when they, uh, when they go and buy supplements for these conditions. The most important thing that I should stress here is that for both erectile dysfunction and low testosterone, there are very good treatment options, um, both in terms of pills, injections, surgery. I mean, just the whole armamentarium, uh, doctors have options to treat these conditions. And supplements, I almost never prescribe supplements to men that present with these conditions and it's just very important to note that uh, instead of wasting time, money, uh, they should certainly just speak to their physician, speak to their doctor about their condition, and try and solve these problems uh, with medical approach. Certainly, listen, if, if someone's taking a supplement, I am almost, ne- almost never asked them to stop it, right? Unless I actually see that some medical condition that's prohibiting some of the ingredients that they should be taking, uh, like high doses of vitamin C in someone who has a history of kidney stones, you know, then mm-hmm. that, that alarms me. But uh, but for the most part, I never stop it. But I never tell patients that this is their only solution. Go to a supplement. It's going to get better. There's always very yeah. good medical treatment options for these conditions.
0: But, um, now, a lot of people, I have a, a wellness business, and a lot of, um, and I'm sure you come across this, people who are into natural health and wellness, and supplements have sort of become synonymous with wellness, yeah. which, yep. right? Um, they don't want to take pills. Um, they don't want anything too invasive. So... What how would you advise someone like that who is, you know, afraid it's funny because and I'm sure you've come across this, uh, yeah. a patient, a patient who's who's afraid of Absolutely. the side effects right from a pill but exactly. is not at all concerned about um Absolutely. side effects
1: from a cell. No, no, right, so, 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 so it's very important to understand that even if you're getting medications and regardless of whether you get medications or not for for testosterone, for erectile function. Um, I think if you don't complement that with a healthy lifestyle, with losing weight, with exercise, with sleeping better, with losing stress, I think all of the medications are completely useless. You can, I, I tell patients all the time, if you, if I could drown you in Cialis or Viagra and take you outside, and nothing's going to happen to your erectile function if you don't cut the smoking, if you don't uh, lose weight, if you don't exercise. Same thing with testosterone. I mean, you could take testosterone shots and go watch TV on a couch and eat a bag of potato chips, and nothing's going to happen to the testosterone. So unless you're able to lose weight, you're able to exercise, you're able to control your diet, eat less red meat, there are many natural ways to improve both erectile function as well as testosterone and sperm counts. Let's add that as well, uh, than, uh, than medications. And yes, I'm absolutely with you on the fact that we need to try all natural uh, methods of improving both erectile function and testosterone levels before we jump the gun and start medications. Uh, But unfortunately, most patients that I see, because I work at an academic referral center, they've already been through some of these and they've been through doctors to see me. However, I still give them the same spiel no matter what.
0: And just uh, a little bit on uh, on an aside here. What are your thoughts on smoking marijuana? You know, marijuana is kind of taking off in wellness, um, but I, I'm not so sure about it. Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? So
1: it's very interesting that you bring that up because um, I think before marijuana was legalized and before we knew too much about what it actually did, um, we were dead against it. It was almost like an illegal, it, it was Yes, it's an illegal drug, but it's almost as a, as a drug that's, that just comes along with smoking, alcohol, and drug abuse. And, and marijuana was was along with it, and we thought that it was absolutely going to affect erectile function, libido, sex drive, testosterone levels, sperm counts, and so on. It was just, just got lumped with everything. So interesting, there are two big studies that I should that I should highlight to you. One actually came from Harvard and got published last year, which actually showed that marijuana improved sperm counts, and it improved oh. sperm motility. And I'm not a big fan of believing the improvement part, but at least the fact that it didn't cause it to decline, it didn't cause it to like completely shut down sperm production in men is, uh, was very encouraging. So to summarize that study, you should say that marijuana has no adverse effects on sperm function, all right? And then so we went back and looked and we did our own study, not at fertility, but to look at testosterone levels. And we looked at the national database, which is the NHANES database, and we compared use of marijuana and the amount of marijuana on testosterone levels. And we actually found using moderate amounts of marijuana, one, one, to, one to four times a month, actually improves people's testo- men's testosterone levels. And even at pretty high doses, which wasn't quantified in the study, the testosterone levels were still higher than the men who did not smoke marijuana <laughs> or consume yeah. marijuana. And so again, very alarming results. I don't think we sh- I don't think we sh- I don't think I'm going to conclude that study result by saying marijuana improves testosterone levels. Yeah. But I think we should definitely safely conclude saying marijuana is not affecting testosterone levels. That's so, really interesting. So I think if you, yes, if you're seeing men who do it, uh, so ever since I've seen those two study results, one our own and the other from Harvard, we've sort of I've sort of stayed away from saying stop it. Before, I used to be like, stop it, stop it, stop it. Let's repeat the sperm count in three months. But now I actually don't do it. I don't ask them to stop it because they are, there's not one study that has shown the opposite effect.
0: That's really, yeah, that's, I've never heard that. That's really fascinating. So, wow. I mean, I I, I know guys who take horny goat weed, but, and, you know, for, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which I know it's a great name. It's a great name for what, yeah. what, what it's supposed to do, but maybe they should switch to weed. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe. Uh, i know i'm always making horrible jokes but um no but, no but i mean it's in our paper i mean if you look at
1: the paper that we just published
0: yeah it was one of the supplements
1: that uh you know one of the ingredients that has been studied so not surprising
0: <laughs> and that didn't does that do anything
1: no but it's been studied to show to show that it actually improves its erectile function and testosterone levels so there you go right,
0: there we go um and, and so to get back to that study, you gave a grade to the correct. each supplement or each ingredient,
1: each ingredient,
0: each ingredient. OK, so so when you say so 68 percent got a C or a D, which is not a good grade, in yeah. my opinion. Correct. Um, so that means 68 percent of being OK, so 68 percent of the ingredients in the most popular supplements for male testosterone and um, erectile dysfunction don't do anything
1: correct that's correct
0: wow so that's um that's i mean that seems like i what what are your thoughts is there any advocacy moving forward in terms of like regulating supplements at all and this is good faith this is uh, you're assuming that these ingredients are in the supplements and nothing and that's also not accounting for any contaminants that might be in there
1: that's correct. Yes, also in good faith. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We're going based on what's in the label. Listen, the only time advocacy efforts will start is if groups get together and start publishing negative outcomes from these supplements, right? I mean, we yeah. have at least published to say that it doesn't have evidence. But then I think the regulatory agencies will get involved because regulatory agencies don't care for efficacy, right? FDA doesn't care for efficacy. It absolutely cares about safety, And anytime adverse events get reported by supplement, any of those things, food, drug, anything, FDA will intervene. And I think we should truly go back and look at whether there were negative consequences from using these supplements. And I think if it's case reports, even if it's case series, even if it's 10 men, five men who took supplement X and had some sort of negative outcome, I think that would sort of raise FDA's awareness to get involved. Until we start doing that, we can tout as much as we want saying these things don't work. They won't care. I don't yeah. I don't think, you know, that's not because the marketing material do not specify the fact that these are meant to work. These are just say, you know, they they, they advertise saying that this, but uh, but that's why the FDA doesn't care. But once safety is affected, uh, we can get, uh, you know, we can get the involvement of regulatory agencies at that time. Right,
0: right. If you can track it down. I mean, I know guys who take multiple supplements. Um because, like oh you said, God, yeah. it's a huge problem, um, and it can, I mean, it leads to depression, all sorts of things. So, um, right. yeah. So, anyways, I don't. I know you're busy. Um, thank you so much for this, um, and I can't wait to share it. And I'm sure it'll start a lot of conversations. Uh, do you have a website or anything that, if, if yeah. my lis- listeners want to find you?
1: Absolutely. It's my, uh, basically my name.com. So www.ranjaramasamy.com. Or if there's any questions, they can, you can always reach me by email. It's my last name, Ramasamy, R-A-M-A-S-A-M-Y at Miami.edu. Great.
0: Great. Thank you so much. And I just ended in time. My dog's about to start barking here. So I have to, <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> have to. thank you again. Really appreciate it. And your time.
1: Awesome. Nice right. to meet you, Aaron. Yeah, you bye-bye. Too.
0: Bye. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you especially to Dr. Ramasamy for taking time out of his busy day um, from seeing patients all day to talk to me and to do this podcast. I found it exceptionally educational. I hope you guys do too. Feel free to share it, subscribe. Uh, I, hope, um, I hope you got something out of it. Also, definitely try to get a copy of my parody on Amazon Yours in Wellness Crystal Healing Letters from the Wellness Industry uh or listen to the audiobook which is phenomenal okay guys that's it uh take care have a good day until next time